Today's guest is Dr. Jennifer Martin, who was recently named president of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine's Board of Directors. Dr. Martin joins HME News in 10 to discuss why good sleep is the secret sauce to good health and how recent challenges in the CPAP market should have everyone taking a step back to ask what's best for the patient. I'm Liz Bollier. And I'm Teresa Flaherty. And this is HME News in 10 from HME News. Stay with us. This episode of HME News in 10 is sponsored by the HME Data Bank. The HME Data Bank has the data you need to make knowledgeable decisions and move your business in the right direction. Determine your market share and track your competitors with the most comprehensive database of Medicare statistics available. For more information and to subscribe, visit www.hmedatabank.com. Good morning, Dr. Martin. Good morning. Thanks for having me today. Thank you for joining us. You've been, as you say, devoted to the American Academy of Sleep Medicine for nearly 20 years. You're also a licensed clinical psychologist. Do you see a lot of crossover between good sleep health, good physical health, and good psychological health? Yes. Um, good sleep really is a pillar of health overall. And what I have seen in my own practice is that when people are struggling with sleep issues, and they're able to get a handle on those, oftentimes it's the secret sauce to getting their physical or psychological health back in order. We all know that we feel better after a good night of sleep. One of my good friends likes to say anything's possible after a good night of sleep. And I see this a lot in my patients where, you know, maybe they're struggling with uh, maintaining healthy weight or, you know, maybe they've struggled off and on with depression and once they get their sleep issues in order, it's really helpful. And this observation actually is consistent with the science that we have. So we do see that people who struggle with sleep disorders or, you know, chronically don't get enough sleep do have more health issues and more mental health concerns as well, especially depression and anxiety. Dr. Martin, you mentioned sleep as, as a pillar of good health. Do you feel that the medical community as a whole recognizes this, or is there still a lot of work to be done on that front? I think there's still a lot of work to be done, but we're heading in the right direction. You know, when I started my career, now more than 20 years ago, I remember people telling me, you know, sleep is interesting, but it's just not that important. I don't hear that anymore. Now I get a lot mm -hmm. of questions about what people might do to improve their sleep, but I feel like the medical community in general has started to recognize how important it is for a number of a number of patient populations to get better sleep, but also just as a pillar of, you know, a healthy lifestyle, that getting, you know, a good night's rest is part of just in general staying well. Dr. Martin, your priorities during your tenure as president of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine include advocating for better patient care. How can the healthcare community advocate for better patient care? Uh, what do you think patients need the most? Well, I think because sleep is an emerging area of awareness, we still have a lot to do in just getting the message out that sleep is an important pillar of good health and well-being, that it does affect other medical conditions that we tend to think of as pretty important and serious, things like heart disease risk, again, mental health issues, which we've talked about in kids, you know, good sleep is part of how they learn. So we, we have a lot of communication with the public that I think we need to do. We also need to advocate for policies 
that are linked to healthy sleep. I'm fortunate enough to live in a state where high school can't start before 8.30, and this has made a big difference in sleep health in teens in the state of California because they're able to get the rest that they need to show up more alert at school. They learn better. They're absent less. So I think one of the things we need to do is advocate for policies like that. We also need to work with payers, insurance companies and you know government payers, to make sure that the best treatments we have to offer patients with sleep disorders are covered by insurance plans. So that includes things like CPAP for sleep apnea, cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia in people who are struggling with insomnia, medications for some sleep disorders that are treated with medication. So working with payers to make sure that what they cover is, is meeting the needs of patients who have sleep disorders. Another one of your priorities is technology innovation. What innovations in recent years have been the most impactful or what would you like to see in the future? Well, technology innovation is everywhere in healthcare. And I think for a lot of folks, that's both exciting and scary <laughs> because mm-hmm. technology moves fast. And I would say that in the sleep space, one of the things that's had a big impact is the uh, availability of consumer products that allow people to start getting information about their sleep. This is a little bit of a double-edged sword because some of the consumer products aren't as well validated, so their accuracy isn't as clear as we, we would want it to be from the medical side. But it has increased people's awareness and maybe encourage them to ask some questions about their sleep and think about it as, you know, an important part of of their health. What I would like to see in the future is a lot of the core devices that we use, things like CPAP machines, being more easier for patients to use. I'd like to see innovations that increase patient usability, address some of the challenges for people, for example, who have physical limitations and might have a hard time, you know, using medical devices in general. And, you know, I mean, I know there are a lot of really smart people out there probably working on technologies now that could revolutionize a lot of the things that we do in sleep medicine, including just entirely new treatment approaches and and new diagnostic technologies as well. Yeah, kind of along those lines, obviously, the big news in the sleep market has been the CPAP recall, ongoing supply chain challenges. Both of those have forced some ways a step backwards in how providers and patients are able to to track compliance. I mean, what can we take away from that as we look to get past all of this? I think when we look back on the recall of, you know, what amounted to millions of CPAP devices worldwide, there are two things that I think we've learned. Let me start first with the fact that CPAP is one of the only medical treatments where we have information on whether patients are using it the way it's prescribed or not. So, for example, we know that only 50% of people who are prescribed antihypertensive medications actually take them the way that they're supposed to. But we aren't out there, you know, jumping up and down saying we should treat hypertension in a different way. So the first thing is that, you know, we have a unique ability with CPAP to track how much people are using it and how effective it is live in the moment, night to night. So that is we, we can still do that, and what we're seeing with the recall is there are a number of people who were using it and then stopped. So that's a challenge because some people who were benefiting from CPAP felt like the best course of action was to not use it. So the other thing that I'll say is that 
this did force us to take a step back and say, how much is this person actually benefiting from using CPAP? Are they feeling better? Um, are they functioning better? Is their blood pressure improved? And if not, maybe to make a jump to an alternative treatment, like an oral appliance, or some people benefit from a positional therapy where we just try to keep them from sleeping on their back. So I think one of the interesting things is maybe it's put us in a position of having a very patient-centered conversation about all the treatments that are out there and trying to find the one that's the best fit for an individual person. Because CPAP is so effective, it treats sleep apnea in, in almost everyone who uses it, you know, maybe we, we haven't been having a big picture conversation with some of our patients that now we're, we're having a little more often. And I, I hope that when these challenges are addressed that maybe that stays the way it is, that we talk to patients about multiple treatment options and maybe get them to the right treatment for them first instead of potentially waiting for them to try CPAP and decide not to use it when there could have been an alternative uh, presented from the very beginning. Okay, great. Thank you so much for uh, joining us this morning, Dr. Martin. My pleasure, thanks for having me. And that's HME News in 10.